put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Hey, greetings. Welcome, guys. You're tuning in live to RLM TV. Bless you guys. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I want to start off with a Thanksgiving verse. Colossians 2, 7, Amplified Classic. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in Him, fixed and founded, being continuously built up in Him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. It's wonderful. It is a good and delightful thing to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises with musical accompaniment to your name, O Most High. And I can't help but think of one of our Google Translates of our tongues in Hebrew that said, I am a musical instrument. And what does that bring to mind? The ten-stringed harp of the Psalms of David, of the ten weeks of ascension. So we've talked about in the master class how you go through worlds one through seven and you have those 88 keys of the supernal keyboard to sing praise by your ascension, your life, which is a scroll the father spoke and it was written, that's your destiny, becomes a song when you begin to go up the sapphire stones. I see an angel flashing over here. It makes music. Uh, did you ever notice how anyone who goes to heaven, they notice the flowers make sounds. They sing. You can see colors that you can't see on the earth. It's all as one. And it's all cohesive. It's without discord. Right? Lucifer was the one who introduced the song of discord. And that is what changed the appearance and, and the color and the shape and the, if you want to say the vibration or the reaction of the sons of God who were in heaven, God knew you before you were born, before you were knit together in your mother's womb. So some people were affected by that song of discord before coming to earth. So what is this time? What is time? What is 10 worlds of the 10,000 years of the judgment of the imprisonment of the fallen angels? in the book of one Enoch. It's 10 worlds, 10 weeks of ascension. You know, when we've been there 10,000 years, okay, what are we singing about grace? Grace to rise and overcome those 10 weeks, those 10,000 years of the curse of the fall. And for some of you, while yet in the body, you'll overcome death. How? Praise. What is rest? Enter into his rest. May we enter his rest. He was angry with the people in the wilderness and said, they'll never enter my rest. What is rest? Sabbath. What is rest? Shekinah. The Sabbath is Shekinah. We go from Shekinah to Shekinah. That's from the moon to Bina, lower Shekinah to upper Shekinah. We go from glory to glory. That's the song you enter into his rest. That Shekinah opening is the tent opening of Abraham's tent wherein he was given the promise 
in word form. So when you enter into the opening of the tent of Shekinah, you can hear, even if your womb is barren as Sarah, she heard the word of the Lord for the first time when she listened in through the tent opening of Shekinah. And she laughed, but it's all good. Isaac's name was laughter, and the joy comes through the fear of the Lord. That's the wisdom of Isaac. So if you go glory to glory, Shekinah to Shekinah, Yasad to Bina, right? Shekinah to Bina, glory below, glory above, next world, glory below, glory above. And it becomes a song. The cantillation notes of the seventh world is where the music begins to pour out through your destiny scroll from within you. Not just an external prophet out there telling you something, but you're walking it, you're living it. And you're with the witness of the holy angels. The 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet in the world of Isaiah, 22 letters in Yetzirah, 22 letters in Berea, 22 letters in Absolute. that's the two, 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 you have your 88 keys, one through seven, you have the, the full octaves of those worlds, and Absolute is the realm of the Sephirot themselves that produced the world that we're living in, that's how it all comes down from the throne of glory from the father's crown seated above the throne and mercy comes down like undeserved unmerited grace of jesus christ at the outpouring of his crucifixion when he was crucified on the sephirot of absolute before the beginning of time and he was born in the flesh in the womb of mary a virgin birth jesus christ came in the flesh and he was crucified for the sins to be forgiven in all the world that anyone who would call on his name yad heh vav heh jesus christ he is that name the angel of the lord would be saved and he said if you abide in me abide in my name abide in me and my word abides in you. Then ask anything of me and it will be given to you. Why? Because you'll be asking according to the Father's will and not your own will. Because if you're still praying your own will, that's witchcraft and you're an enemy of God. Even in ignorance, even in pride, even in unbelief. That's stubbornness, rebellion, witchcraft. But when you get into the fear of the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom. And the fear of the Lord is the crown of wisdom. What is wisdom? Chaya, which represents absolute, the crystal palace of wisdom. What is the crown of wisdom? If you go Bina to Hakma, it's Keter, the will of the Father, the fear of heaven, the fear of the Lord, the fear of YHVH, Yadhe Vavhe. His lightning Keter crown is for those who love him. If you love him, you obey his commands. And if you love him, you fear him. It's knowing him as both the lion and the lamb, both the Gevrat, the fear of the Lord, and the Hesed, the love of God. So you serve him in the fear of God and the love of God with balance and truth, Tiferet, on display, which means you're a shining one with the written word. Now, we're all creationists. Every Christian's a creationist, but I don't think we understand creation very accurately like the angels do. Hebrews 1.1 is astonishing for the creationists. God created the worlds, it says, and arranged the worlds, plural, in order. Now, that means that world-generated world 
and he created worlds like a, a pillar. And that's why scripture is adamant about returning into higher places in those worlds and not just staying in the same elevation where you're at. Because he didn't create everything on the same plane, far from it. He created everything in different elevations, world-generating world. I wanted to show you a different perspective. We have, uh, this is the new worlds chart here. If you look on the left there, that seventh world, that's what she was talking about. That world generating the world below it. So world-generating world. God created a ladder. Creation is a creation of a stairway. And it's also three pillars, the left, the center, and the right. And the right is man, the left is woman, and the center is the Messiah. So when God created the world, he created it in levels. So that's why it talks about the elevations of falling short of these levels and also being resurrected in these levels. And if you don't understand elevations and levels of resurrection, of falling and ascending, you're not going to understand creation at all, and it's going to be very confusing to you. And you might just get into the realm of deceit of human doctrine of Colossians 2, where now salvation is based on externalism. But through God-inside-mindedness called the divine intellect, our awakening within in your spirit through Scripture and believing the Word of God, you begin to see these elevations. These elevations awakening in you and understanding the ladder. Jacob's ladder is basically seeing creation. What he was shown was how the worlds were arranged in order. Hebrews 1.1, it is written. And until a believer understands the arrangement, they're just going to be like wandering in the wilderness because they didn't go up, did they? The reason why they had such struggles, they weren't meant to have those struggles, is because they refused to go up the mountain when they were showed the elevations and they insisted on staying just in an equal plane. Well, that plane was not equal. It was only demonic. They, they were choosing to stay deceived in the realm of hell instead of acknowledging creation as a ladder. So the first step for from coming out of a lot of religion, and it's, it's not even so much of religion as it is just levels of revelation. It's just peeling back layer upon layer of the human being's deception of what it is and where it is and who God is and how God's working to save you. Our ideas, like Bob Jones would consistently say, our ideas about God are our main idols. Our ideas about creation are our main idols. All of that we need in these days to give it fresh to the Word of God and understand the Word much more maturely. There are mysteries in the Scriptures. In fact, the mysteries of the Scriptures are infinite. They're infinite. We have barely tapped the surface of the mystery of Scripture. And what is that mystic secret? Colossians says, Christ the Messiah is the mystic mystery of Yadevave, Y-H-V-H, God. So the Messiah reveals the mysteries as we're in union with him, practicing his spirit through our hearts and our minds. So out of this union is birthed revelations. He shouts his truths, but he whispers only to his friends his secrets and his mysteries, as is written. The secrets of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you who are walking closer to him, 
But to the others that are walking further from him, it's all in parables, riddles, and dark speech. It is written, which means they have ears to hear, but they're not developing the inner intelligence. They only have mere, feith, mere, mere natural faith in God, but they don't have the deep manifestation of the glory of God from approaching those words. So there is a going into the word, a gazing into the word. We look into the word. 2 Corinthians 3.18, and as we gaze into the word, the Bible says, we are transfigured from one degree of glory to a greater degree of glory by the Spirit of the Lord. And in the Spirit of the Lord is the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. We begin to grow in all the color and the glory and the presence and the power of the Lord by looking into the word, because whatever you look into, that's where you're going. Whatever you're looking at, that's the direction of your soul. So we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Now, Jesus, this is the verse he gave me for you guys. Colossians 3, he's above. He's in heaven. He's ascended on high. That ascension is the conquering of death. So a generation that swallows up death and victory has to join him in his ascension. Otherwise, they will die as human beings. The ascension is into the realm where there is no death. It's the ascension into the realm of his throne room that we're required in these days. And it takes a certain belief system of a teaching of righteousness to shine as the stars in the heavens forever. The, shar- the, the stars are ever shining, which means that diminishing of light that causes death is non-existent in the heavenly realms. They're shining with wisdom. And wisdom was created before the hills were formed. And Proverbs 8, it's beneficial to get wisdom. We see in the Word of God, it says, get wisdom. Get understanding in all you're getting. Make sure that's what you get is wisdom. It's the primary thing. And I believe, isn't that one of the words that you first received when you were born again, uh, Brandon, was the Lord spoke to you, to your heart, and he said, get wisdom. That was the primary thing uh, on an apostolic destiny. But even for those who have a different kind of destiny, maybe you're not called to the apostolic, you have another high calling in Christ that God has spoken of your destiny scroll. You will need wisdom. Whether you're an apostle, whether you're a prophet, a teacher, a preacher, whether you're a Boaz of the marketplace, right? You're going, I see an angel flash right there on Boaz of the marketplace. He wants to help you get wisdom because you're anointing and you're mantling, right? The Boaz anointing, the mantling that you have is going to transform the natural dimension. And there is a deep Kabbalah, holy wisdom that is ancient of days and his ancient of ways that will completely blow your mind, transform your mind through revelation. And not only will that give you a cutting edge in the marketplace, you will be an operation of the holy supernal laws of business. It's the halakha. It's, um, it's not an external dead letter law of money but the living law of wisdom of the finances in the heavenly realms. And that's something that has not yet been seen in this day and age. And I believe some of you watching right now are called and destined chosen ones to do that new thing that God's doing in the earth. And he needs businessmen. You know, we had a word a couple of years ago. I think it was four years ago. It came out 
and uh, RLM here online that we spoke about that the Lord was saying he was calling many to places in the marketplace in business but not many were willing they did not want to work for him so we may revisit that word at some point if the Lord permits but today is a new day he's doing a new thing and he wants to bring revival into the marketplace and you will need great wisdom to do it so yeah boaz is the left pillar of god of proverbs three sixteen. in my left hand are riches and honor and in my right hand everlasting life proverbs three sixteen. it is written so in the entryway to solomon's temple that we have understanding for wisdom today to understand how the heavens were created the pattern above was created below in all the old testament that's why we go to the Old Testament for wisdom according to the apostles of the Lamb. So they named in all of their wisdom the left pillar, Boaz, the right pillar, Jachin, uh, which is the priesthood. So the priesthood is the everlasting life, the spiritual life of God. Now both riches and honor and everlasting life belong to our God, Yadevavhe. And what has not yet happened is the emergence of both of them in building the Father's kingdom in the heavenly temple. Okay, the heavenly temple is not just the building of a building like you'd build on the earth. Everything that's built on earth is shadows. Okay, all of it. <laughs> Even the stuff that's God's will, it's built in the shadow dimension of the earth because it's under the sun. That means it's in the shadow realm. Above the sun, there is no temple. So what is building God's temple above? Obedience below. Obedience below is the fulfillment of what it represents in the above realm. Remember, Adam and Eve fell because of disobedience. How do you suppose resurrection occurs? Colossians 3.1, this was the verse earlier that I wanted to share with you. If you then have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above. It's the left hand above, the riches and honor above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as this world, the below realm, the realm of the shadows, the realm of the dead, as far as that world's concerned, you have died. And your new real life is hidden with the Messiah in YHVH, God. Amen. Amen. Let's take a little uh, lesson from wisdom in Proverbs 8, let's hear what wisdom has to say in the scriptures. I love those who love me, and those who seek me early and diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness, right standing with God. My fruit is better than gold, even pure gold. And my yield is better than choicest silver. I, wisdom, continuously walk in the way of righteousness. In the midst of the paths of justice. That I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth and true riches. And that I may fill their treasuries 
the Lord created and possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old were accomplished. From everlasting I was established and ordained. From the beginning, before the earth existed, I, godly wisdom, existed. When there were no ocean depths, I was born. When there were no fountains and springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was born. That's before absolute, which is the mountains, the hills, the sephirot. While he had not yet made the earth and the fields, or the first dust of the earth. When he established the heavens, I, wisdom, was there. When he drew a circle upon the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when the fountains and springs of the deep became fixed and strong, when he set for the sea its boundary, so that the waters would not transgress the boundaries set by his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in the world, his inhabited earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. Now therefore, O sons, listen to me. For blessed, happy, prosperous, to be admired are they who keep my ways. Heed, pay attention to, instruction. And be wise. And do not ignore or Neglect it. Heed instruction, Kabbalah, and be wise. Be filled with hakma. Do not ignore or neglect it. Blessed, happy, prosperous, to be admired is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorposts. For whoever finds me, wisdom finds life and obtains favor and Grace from Yadhe Vavhe. But he who fails to find me or sins against me injures himself. All those who hate me love and court death. Christ Jesus made wisdom unto us. The Messiah is the wisdom of the Word of God. So when you're learning all the things of God, that's why the first couple weeks when I got saved, the Holy Spirit said to me, most important thing for you now is to learn wisdom. And it was the learning of the Word. It wasn't just some wisdom through meditation. It wasn't just some emptying of self. It was filling my soul with the Scriptures as much as I could possibly fill them with every single day. And the Holy Spirit began to teach me the Scriptures. That was about January 2000. And every day I'd have encounters He'd say, to get to know me more, 
when you read Lord, because 2 Corinthians 3.18 says the Spirit is the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the Lord. When you read Lord in the Psalms, put my name in there every time. So you'll declare my name and my presence into the atmosphere. And he says, my word is to be read out loud. Every single book of the Bible was to be read out loud. None of it was a silent reading, private meditation. All of it, Jeremiah had a scribe. He would write it down. Then what he'd do? He'd run to the marketplace to shout it out loud over the whole city. Every single word, Moses giving Torah to the Israelites from Sinai, how did he give it? He shouted it from the mountain. He threw it down with fire from the mountain. It thundered when he brought the Torah. When, how did we get the gospel? Jesus Christ, the Messiah, preaching from mountaintops, preaching from the hills. He went up onto a mountain and began to preach over the multitude, Matthew chapter 5. So it's through the oration of the Holy Spirit's word that the kingdom comes to earth. Now we must learn that word more richly, more deeply. We must allow the holy angels, scribe angels. The reason why you have scribes is because God's kingdom is filled with scribing angels. It's an aspect of the Father. All of His kingdom is an aspect of His person, His personality, His likes, His wants, His desires, the things that He does with His time. The Father has given all His activity into us through His Word. So when the Father likes gardening, guess what? Here's roses. Here's tulips. Here's flowers. Why are there flowers? Because the Father likes flowers. Why are there mountains below? Because there's mountains above. Everything below mirrors above, but you also have a terrible situation with the curse of the fall, with people being at wrong elevations so that they have wrong interpretations of their Creator. The elevation that your mind is in is your capability of understanding God. So in a very low elevation, which man starts at, at the valley of the shadow of death, it's as low as it gets, Malkut of Isaiah, our understanding is at about zero. The Holy Spirit teaching us His Word begins to illuminate the intelligence of our spirit because God is spirit, John 4, 24. Therefore, we must be in spirit in order to worship him, which means to walk with him and to be his sons and daughters. Since he is spirit, we have to nourish our spirit with his teaching, not the teachings of men, but the teachings that came down and was written by the prophets. The reason what a real prophet, what's a real prophet? Someone who has scribed or spoken the word that has come down from heaven. We know that the worlds were generated and arranged in order. How does the word get down to earth? How did righteous men and women, sanctified, set apart in their inner man, were they able to convey God's heavenly word on earth? Because they were clean, they were clear, they purified themselves so that there be no additives to the writing of Scripture. Okay, so just as the worlds came down, so does the daily bread come down. God's word comes down through his worlds. Amen. Down through the lightning path through all of the sephirot. And that lightning keter crown of the Father's glory is what you step into when you end your journey just as you begun it, which is in the fear of the Lord. It's that eternity loop 
sign that you'll see in your studies that eternity upon eternities, when it's the end from the beginning, you see the end from the beginning and you can realize the song. It's in a beginning, Genesis 1, and what Song of Songs he saw was the sheer Hashirim. So instead of the Bereshit, the removing of the hook of the Tav, removing the mark of the beast to receive the mark of Christ, turns it into wisdom, which is, as we know, Reshit, which represents Malkut, the elevation of Malkut of holiness, through receiving the mark of Christ. I bear in my body the marks of Christ and him crucified. That removes the mark of the beast. That's when the Bereshit, in a beginning, is changed into Reshit, which is wisdom, and the removal of the mark of the beast for the song of Malkut of holiness as it's elevated above the highest heavens through your ascension, through living the sacrificial nature of Christ. That's when the Bereshit becomes, instead of the Tav at the end of the mark of the beast, Bereshir Hasharim. It's the that Reshit, the wisdom of the Rose of Sharon, the Rose Garden of the Father. When you ascend through the fullness of the Rose Gardens of the Father, instead of seeing in the beginning, you see the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. It's the wisdom to know the end of a matter, and the end of the matter is where you began on your journey if you be began it correctly, which is the fear of the Lord. You begin in the fear of the Lord and Malkut, and you elevate the Malkut up into the fullness of wisdom, according to the wisdom of Ben Sirah, the, wis the wisdom is the beginning of the fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning wisdom of wisdom, but he also said that the fear of the Lord is the fullness of wisdom. So it's the beginning, and it's the end. The end from the beginning. And what is the, the Tav, instead of the Tav, the Rashit, when you deal with the hooks and the serpents, and the removal of the curse of the fall from out, uh, from within you to outside of you and thrown into the abyss as you ascend into the rose garden of the Father. Shir Hashirim, the song of the Father's rose garden, which is the revelation of Bereshit in a beginning, and it becomes a perfect song. No more discord of the fallen angel Lucifer and his original song of discord that ruined the song that ruined the light, that ruined that spectrum of light in God's creation, the perversion of light, the stealing of light, the perversion of the teachings and wisdoms of God to restore you and your inner being, your, your innermost being, to the right frequency of love to the beautiful colors of his invisible, uncreated light of God the Father of lights, who sent his son Jesus in the flesh to die for your sins. And when you complete the song, you will see the end from the beginning, and you will stand at the end of all things, and you will see the beginning, which is the Lamb of God who was slain, before the foundations of the world. So victory is a song. All of our hearts are playing a song. There's colors in it. There's vibration in it. And so because we're filled with words and words are 
what make up our DNA. DNA is words. It's a programming of words. That's what DNA is. So everything is made out of words. Desks, lights, cars. There is not one element, molecule, or atom in existence of 10 worlds that are not made out of words. Now these words can sing. And there is certain words when they are singing in you that gives great victory. I want you to see the final victory is a song. Then what it seemed to be a glassy sea blended with fire, Revelation 15:2, and those who had come off victorious from the beast. That's the impulse of sin in the flesh. That's the natural man and the nefesh ruling over the potential of God developed in your spirit. So, and over his statue, idolatry, the number corresponding to his name, 666, the love of money, the trust of money. And they were standing beside a glassy sea with harps of God in their hands. So they be, their DNA is singing a different song. They've overcome the flesh. They've overcome the programming of the fallen angels. And they are singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Guys, they're singing the Old Testament and they're singing the New Testament. They're singing all the scriptures of the Holy Spirit. And they're saying, Amen. Mighty and marvelous are your works, O Lord God the Omnipotent. Righteous, just, and true are your ways, O Sovereign of the ages, King of the nations. Who shall not reverence and glorify your name, O Lord, giving you honor and praise and worship? For you only are holy. All the nations shall come and pay homage and adoration to you for your just judgments, your righteous sentences and deeds have been made known and are on display. So the programming of the word, when it's be a song from your heart, also called John 1, the word made flesh. When the scriptures are made your heart song, that's why we study scripture with enthusiasm, because it's a joyful song. It's the song of the creator in his original design of creation. You have to remove the bitterness. You have to remove the fall. You have to remove the sin, the lust, the greed, all the immorality and idolatry, all the self-deification of covetousness and greed. All of it has to be removed. And that is what the study of scripture does. The Bible says you are only sanctified by the word, by the scriptures. The scripture sanctifying you programs the heart to sing a song without the curse of the fall. But that song is the 66 books of the Bible. It's the Old Testament. They're singing the song of Moses and the New Testament, the song of the Lamb. And all of it is one glorious song of God's original design for man and woman. It's that song sung in our hearts. What are these circumcisions that we get rung after rung? I tell you the truth, after eight worlds of ascension, my heart is singing the scriptures more accurately. My heart song is more of his word than ever before. It's an upgrade in the singing of the song of Moses and the Lamb. That's why there's so much emphasis on Moses and the oral tradition of Moses, because you can't redeem the human being without the fullness of the Old Testament wisdom. It is scripture. It's God's word. All of that wisdom is required 
and mixed with the song of the Lamb, which is all of the New Testament, in order to conquer the world. Amen. And he has poured out wisdom on all of his works. The Father has poured out wisdom on all his works. That's why the living creatures, they sing, the earth is full of his glory. Holy, holy, holy. The earth is full of his glory. And how are you going to tap into that realm of Shekinah? How are you going to tap into that wisdom that he's already poured out on all his works? By you humbling yourself to do the Father's works that he has prepared for you ahead of time. So he desires obedience and not sacrifice. No amount of religious good ideas and religious sacrifices, whether it's giving to charity, starving yourself, you know, under the guise of fasting, going on a hunger strike with God because you're upset with how things are going. If you simply humble yourself to do the right thing, to do what is right, to do what is righteous, you can enter into the fear of the Lord. The entering of the tent of Shekinah, of Abraham's tent, which is where you'll enter in before you enter into the promise. Right? Abraham was given the promise, but the word, it came in word, seed, form first. But unless you can hear that word, there's no seed to plant that promise. What is the tent opening? It's the fear of the Lord. That's how you enter into the Shekinah. That's the beginning of wisdom. So what's the evidence of the fear of the Lord? According to the wisdom of Moses. According to the wisdom of Moses, the evidence of the fear of the Lord is the fear of the Zadik and the fear of the Zadikim. So to the measure, you have the fear of the Zadik. Right? There will either be familiarity and contempt, or there will be the fear. Fear is love. Fear of the Lord is love. If you love God, you have the fear of the Lord. If you say you love him, you honor him with your lips. But if you don't fear the Lord, which means you fear his sent ones, you don't actually love him in the heart. It's an emotional fornication with demons under the pretense of Christianity, under the pre pretense of any kind of activity that's regarded as at the sun or above the sun. So it requires a sacrifice of heart, a broken and a contrite spirit to pour out the contents of your heart and your mind, of all pride, being emptied of all pride and all vanity and self-conceit of the things of God, the idols of how we think God has to do it. He doesn't have to do it the way you want him to do it. He knows better than you. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. When you go up, you won't even think the same way anymore. So don't think you can go up and think the way you used to think. How you are now has nothing to do with how you will be. So if you can walk by faith and not by sight, you can walk in the fear of the Lord, which is obedience. Right? Gevra and Hesed, those are both aspects of God the Father. When you learn to love both, you love his lion nature and his lamb nature. And you realize it's not separate, but one. There's no separation in God. 
Everything he does is out of lamb purity and compassion and gentleness. Even his most severe judgments come from compassion. So the fear of the Lord will be evident in the fear of who God has put in charge of your soul. And that is how you'll grow in wisdom and favor with God and with men. Favor in your business. Favor with the holy angels who are, in a sense, the gatekeepers of many of these angelic spheres that you'll traverse through. So don't think you'll go to the next level until you receive the change of heart and bear forth the fruit of that sapphire stone then you can show yourself approved by God, his holy angels, and his Zadik. When you're filled with the wisdom above, your eyes will shine like the sun at midday. Jesus Christ's eyes, Revelation chapter 1, the Bible says, are like flashing fire. What's flashing fire? Stars are flashing fires. His eyes are the eyes of a thousand suns. Infinite suns are in his eyes. The eyes of wisdom. So we want to fill your souls with the wisdom above so that your whole body be full of light and your eyes flash like the sun so that you can release the word of God with its glory into the world around you, making you the salt of the earth. As set apart people, what does it mean to be a holy, peculiar people? It means the people that release the Shekinah glory. The purpose and the function of the word is to connect us to the Shekinah. God's Shekinah glory is his intellect. When he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, he's not boasting over you saying, ha, 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 look at how low and stupid you are and I'm so smart. He's saying, come up here. Revelation 4.1, it's an invitation into the thought life of the Father, which is entering into the glory. Hear the word of the Lord. Proverbs 25 in the Passion Translation, Solomon's Proverbs, published by the scribes of King Hezekiah. God, yad vav conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. He conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. But the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of all that God says. The heart of a king is full of understanding, like the heavens are high and the ocean is deep. If you burn away the impurities from silver, a sterling vessel will emerge from the fire. Now I know I'm talking to a lot of charismatic Christians right now with Ruah souls. You have Pentecostal Ruah souls because y'all speak in tongues. Good. Keep praying in tongues. God is going to burn away the impurities from your Ruah silver souls. The Ruah soul, the Pentecostal soul, the second soul you get after you're born of flesh. Everyone born of flesh gets the Nefesh soul. Leviticus 17.11 The Nefesh soul is in the blood of the human being. So everyone is born in Nefesh. When you're born again, filled with the Spirit, 
you begin to speak in a different language in tongues, that's the Ruah soul, that's the silver soul. Now, the key for that soul is here in Proverbs 25, burning away the impurities from the silver, which means growing in wisdom. In prophetic, silver is the color and substance of wisdom. We value silver. It was unwise for Solomon to not value silver in his days. That's what led him into immorality. If we value silver, we'll never be led into immorality. In Jesus' name, therefore, let the impurities of your ruah souls be burned out. Now the Bible says, how, how can we do that? How can we remove the impurities from our ruahs? By going into the glory and getting a deeper understanding of God's Word. It's a deeper consecration. This You'll have to do this for all God's people, not just the priests, but also the businessmen. They must ascend the heights of glory. As the Shekinah, you will vomit them out, out of your innermost being. Those creepy crawling things, as it's known in the wisdom of Moses, that the Shekinah always deals with in the current state of the fall of this world being the closest to the realm of darkness the Shekinah is constantly dealing with the darkness and those creeping swarming swimming things that don't belong in her and what does she do she vomits them out so what are you going to do likewise vomit them out in Jesus name whether it's a physical vomiting or a spiritual vomiting by faith, you know, maybe next time you're close to the shower or the toilet, put your hand on your Ruah soul and decree, I vomit them out. Every unclean thing, I vomit them out of my spirit and loose them and let it come out because there can be no unclean thing in the seat of holiness and you are being prepared as a throne for yad heh vav -Heh. You are a living, mobile throne. Who are these who fly along like clouds, like doves, to their nests? That dove is purity, a white dove. A pure white dove. Cloud riders, yah. How did he come riding? On the Araboth. Are you going to descend like a cloud rider, pure as a lightning dove, riding on the seventh heavens? If that sounds like something you're interested in, make sure you click on the links and sign up because you are in for the ride of your lifetime. If you are able to humble yourself to receive grace for instruction and correction, however humiliating it might seem, that pain is but for a moment. But the favor of God, if you walk with wisdom and make wisdom your master, is for a lifetime. Psalm 68, 13. When you lie down to rest among the sheepfolds, you, Israel, which means sons of God, are like the wings of a dove of victory overlaid with silver, a clothing of wisdom. What makes you Israelites sons of God? Jews? Ephesians 2 says there's no separation anymore between Gentile and Jew. If you're born again, you're 100% Jewish. That's something not often taught in Gentile churches these days, but it's the truth anyhow. That's what the apostles taught. What makes you Jews? That your clothing is the silver wisdom of the Holy Ghost. 
That's as Jewish as it gets, guys. That's how you get the inheritances of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob working in your lives. You have to have the correct clothing on to get into the marriage supper of the land. Anyone that's not clothed in the silver, clothed in the wisdom, having the wisdom of the word working is not of of Israel. Israel means the fullness of his word working in that person's life. There's no unbelievers to be found anywhere near this company of people that live in the heavens in the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. These overcomers are true Israelites. It's feathers glistening with gold, trophies taken from the enemy, feathers of gold, wings of silver. That's your soul when you study wisdom. When wisdom is your teacher, you allow the Holy Ghost to change you. You're not clinging to the earthly wisdom. You're not clinging to worldly philosophy. You have to bring all your religious ideas, whether you think they're religious or not, and let the silver wisdom, the silver dove of the Holy Ghost and His fire test them. Test all believers' stuff in fire. It's commanded in 1 Corinthians Oftentimes, we don't want our lives tested in fire because it just burns up like dryer lint. That's the best mercy you can receive is have that stuff burn off of you now and not when you die so you don't waste your months and years on complete foolishness. It is a mercy to be tested in fire today. We seek the baptism of fire today and we present our entire lives and everything in it on the altar of wisdom to burn it all. And that which cannot be burned, some of the stuff, guys, that is genuinely from the Father and the Lamb of God, when it's put into the fire, it glows brighter. It multiplies. It's The only thing that dies in the fire of God is the stuff of the enemy. The fire is your best friend. You're married to the line of the tribe of Judah, which represents the fire nature of Jesus. The, The Mashiach's fire is what you must be married to. What is the white throne judgment seat of Christ? It's being married to the judgment of fire, glory fire, the brightness that is so bright that it terrifies darkness in all the areas that are not perfected in us. Well, God's plan for your life is to perfect you, to sanctify you with that bright, fiery light from His nature. And it can only happen by receiving His Word every day. So when a person repents and turns to God and they go from darkness to light, they were living in the pig trough, they might be prodigals, they might have gotten into alcohol and drugs, they might have got into greed and and, um, the love of money, and they might have got into all kinds of lust and different things. When they repent and turn to God, what happens? The darkness is burnt away by the brightness of the light of the word that they consider in their hearts. Every single time you guys know that are on fire for God, listen to me right now. When God forgave your sins, light came in and destroyed and vanquished the darkness because the light of the word was received by you because you were hungering for that word to forgive you and to change you on the inside. We don't just want to do that when we're backslidden or in wrongdoing and we're just obviously in gross darkness. We need to do that when we're on fire. That's the real key to ascending the Sephirot is when you're doing everything right, continue to practice more righteousness, more fire, 
over the top, overfed, deeper into the word. You're asking the Holy Spirit for the hard things, the tougher things. Put me under a, a, a magnifying glass, a microscope, and search my heart. What did the lover of Jesus Christ say in Scripture? Search my heart, O God, and test and try and see if there is any wayward thing in me. That needs to be our prayer today. That's a thus saith the Lord right now. Search and try my heart and find if there is anything in me that's not pleasing in your sight and eradicate it with the light of your word. Take up residency in my souls and possess me with your glory. We want to elevate your glory. We want to bring your kingdom of glory into our souls and then manifest it into the world to destroy and vanquish darkness everywhere. The whole purpose of Jesus Christ creating a church of the firstborn in heaven, if you read the gospel, is to be a city of the Shekinah light on a hill to just eradicate darkness. This city will continue to grow in light until there's no more darkness on the earth. That's the promise from the Messiah, that God's people, he's always had a remnant that will grow in his glory, bright light, until this city is so bright with wisdom, bright with the understanding of the scripture, bright with the Keter lightning will that we've accomplished, but not just being hearers of the word, but doers also. After a time of just receiving all the time, the holy angels will always come and tell you to do something with what you've received. And if you disobey, your light diminishes, and then you just go back into the abilities of the flesh, the abilities of darkness. But we want to go into the obedience now and grow in the light. Jesus Christ grew in light. You know that's true. He grew in the favor of God and in wisdom. When the Bible says in Luke chapter 2 that Jesus Christ grew in wisdom, it means he grew in light. Hebrews says he grew until he was the exact outrain brilliance of the light being Hebrews 1.3. So what are you doing? What am I doing? We're growing in light by doing the works that please our Father, receiving His Word, believing His Word. Most of this understanding does not even unlock in your souls until you're obedient in what you've been commanded to do. Amen. And many of you have been commanded to be obedient in the business that God has given you, your business practices. When you practice business faithfully, you're engaging in the halakha, the cosmic Jewish monetary laws. It's It becomes, if you do it correctly, it becomes an incense offering. I feel fire. An incense offering of the 11, and some of you even the 12 celestial spices, uh, but usually the 11 spices that will waft upward. As you do that, you're actually engaging in the form of, uh, it's, it's related to the form of Metatron in the world of Yetzirah. Well, I just feel like a brightness coming through. My eyes are brightening. So when you engage in holy business practices, when you do business rightly as an act of worship to God, you're ascending your business into the world of Metatron. So it's the business and the academy of Metatron. But when that happens, your Hakma, Bina, and Da'at descend into the world of formation, which is Asaya. So it needs protection. And that protection is by faith. You'll need the mother hen of Shekinah to 
brood over the chicks, brood over the eggs and the chicks to protect them. So when you're worshiping God through doing righteous business practices, that business elevation of spice offering goes into the world of Metatron and you can see the lightning Right, the electric blue of that world, of that realm. So you're not just a student of righteousness in the Academy of Metatron, but your business is partaking in that aspect of Metatron. So what your Hakma, Bina, and Dat, as they descend into the world of Asaya to do the physical works in this world for you, you'll need that mother hen protection. And that comes through the spiritual mothering of the Zadik. And even male Zadiks are called uh, mothers by those who refer to them as a Moshiach or a type of Moshi because every Zadik has an aspect of Moses within them. And so that apostolic protection, you'll need to draw that upon yourself through the fear of the Lord, through the fear of the Zadik to enter into that tent opening of Shekinah for the Abrahamic promises of your life to come through in the natural realm through your business physically. If you don't have that protection, your eggs or your chicks uh, could be stolen or eaten by vipers or foxes, things like that. So you want to make sure it is protected and that's called the drawing of the Hashmal. And that comes from where? We've, we've seen it from the prophets who've been to the Ancient of Days, through the external portals, or if you've seen it coming down in the heavenlies, it comes from the throne, like a river of fire from the throne of the Ancient of Days. And there is an angel who stewards that flow. And who gets to steward that? One who is called Na'ar, youth, or little ones, little Metatrons, those who partake in that way, in that school, and as you ascend, there's a certain height and there's an order of righteousness that directs the flow of the river of fire. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a wonderful evening. I pray fresh Shekinah fill your souls as God's word nourishes your souls. May you dwell richly in the presence of his glory until tomorrow when we see each other again in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around, for today we embark on a journey of purpose and passion, a journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny, with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized, the dream of RLM TV a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity, yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home. Today, I am before you not merely as a speaker, but as a messenger of possibility, as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity. Imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves, where voices echo with authenticity, and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom. RLM TV envisions such a space, a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives, amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. 
Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's army, we carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us, to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream. Each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at. Today, I urge you to be a part of this masterpiece. Let us pool our resources, not just for a broadcasting facility in Florida, but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time. As we open our hearts and pockets, let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar, but in the power of divine connection, in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. Together we can make RLM TV's dream a reality, and in doing so we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams, the stewards of change, and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity, creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.